the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us on this fine Sunday evening. In our first uh, two segments today, we're going to find out how we're spending about a billion-plus dollars here in Cuyahoga County by talking to our dear friend Nan Baker, who is a county council person for the Cuyahoga County Council. Nan, thank you for joining us in the studio tonight. You're welcome. It's good to be here tonight and always good to visit and get an update, give you an update of what it is that we're doing there on County Council. Well, I, I appreciate it uh, so much that you're here because as, as we're sitting here and I'm looking at you, I'm remembering that you've been doing this for how many years now with the state legislature and then right. uh, with... You know, I was uh, at the festivities this past year in my district, and I said, I think this is my 24th year of going through all the uh, homecomings and parades. And I thought, wow, 24 years, starting from uh, serving on school board mm-hmm. in Westlake and then uh, moving on to Westlake City Council for nine years. And I had the opportunity to serve at the Ohio House uh, for eight years until I was term limited. And now I am at the Cuyahoga County Council, and I'm in my third year. Boy, that went fast. That went so fast. Oh, my goodness. Well, I see you're in the studio tonight with your number one supporter who's been with you from day one. Absolutely. My husband, Craig, has uh, been with me no matter what it is that we do or what debate I'm in or what uh, what we do in the district. He's and he always smiles. He does. And you do, too. <laughs> I but, try. But I know what's going on that you have to do and, and work about. And uh, right now it's the county government. So what's going on in the county? And uh, well, you know, as as everyone the good and the bad, right? As everyone knows, uh, we do have somewhat of a new form of government. Mm-hmm. It's about ten years old now, and uh, I've been there, as I said, three years of that ten. And uh, it's eleven county council members with one executive, and uh, it was the change from the three county commissioners that we used to have back in two thousand eight. So. Um, you know, I, I do believe that this is a good form of government. I do believe that 11 county council members that represent their districts um, gives that representation to those that they live and perhaps work with and serve. Uh, it is a good way to represent. I represent five cities, Westlake, Rocky River, North Olmsted, Fairview Park, and Bay Village. And honestly, I don't think those five cities would have representation if it wasn't for this form of government with having a person there on county council looking out for their interests, especially when it comes to um, roads and bridge money or senior money or even educational money. Um, I think that every district needs that voice, and they have it in this form of government. Do you and the other council persons, do they have uh, offices in their district? No. Uh, We have an office there at the Cuyahoga County Council building, the administration building, but all of us have makeshift offices in our own district. Mine is in my home. Um, If I need to meet with anyone, I usually meet at a Panera or somewhere that is uh, public Mm -hmm. and go over whatever concerns there are. Um, And that has worked out well even at the Ohio House. It's always in the district we had our own offices that as we set needed. up ourselves. Yes, as needed. Now, a uh, question I have, because it's been going on for so long, uh, have people, the constituents, it, we, we think of ourselves as municipal constituents and U.S. citizens and right. residents of the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. But uh, being a county constituent, uh, have people been taking advantage of, of that and having an accessible uh, representative for, for their near community here? Have you been, people come to you with issues? They, they do. I think that uh, county council is something where it's still somewhat of a mystery. What do mm-hmm. we really do? Uh, most people in their own backyard know their mayor and their council. Sometimes they may uh, interact with their school board. Um, they know the congressional level and all the, that's happening in the presidential level. I think it's a lot of, but count, council um, on, in the county, 
sometimes does go with not a whole lot of understanding of what we do. Uh, if, if people have certain issues that they're told, well, you need to go to the county because that's a county issue, that's when we usually get those phone calls when it's directed to us. But it's still somewhat mm-hmm. of a misnomer as to what it is that we really do. Well, very good. I don't want to tease you, but uh, <laughs> it is a mystery. <clears throat> we know what it all sounds like, and we know what you do. But uh, let's sort of run down somewhat of an agenda here that uh, if this were some kind of uh, meeting here in your district or here for the county, uh, first uh, item of business, uh, how are we doing financially? What's the treasurer's report all about? And well, you know, we, we, we have about a $350 million budget per year. that would It inches, if you count all dollars in, uh, about $500 million. And so a two-year budget, which we are now going to be deliberating starting Monday, actually, tomorrow, we will have the executive give us an overview of what he would like to see his budget uh, be, and uh, we will then take that budget and listen to all the directors who will be also coming to us one by one, uh, asking us for either continuing their budget or improving or increasing. Um, that'll all be happening in the next uh, couple of weeks. And then we, uh, with our county staff, will be deliberating what we've heard and kind of digest what we think we can afford. And, um, you know, that process will take place in the next uh, couple of weeks starting tomorrow. So this will be for two years, a biennial-type budget? Yes. So we're talking about between 700 to $1 billion budget you'll be That's right. Yes. analyzing. Now, on top of that, we have a health and human services budget, and that we're deliberating to put on the ballot next year. So that also will be part of the conversation. Uh, we also have a quarter percent sales tax. If you remember back in 2008, before I got there, um, the county commissioners that were in place at the time put that on the, or no, they, they decided to increase the sales tax. They had the authority to do that without putting it on the ballot for the medical mart at the time, which, oh, yes, which no longer exists. It's called the Global Center of Innovation, I believe. And uh, that's been actually paid for, but the 25 cents still continues to uh, be collected. And uh, for the most of the time that I was there, it was at a separate fund. Now they have merged it with the general fund, uh, although we still footnote it to know just how much that is collecting. Uh, I'm um, not in agreement maybe with most of my county council members. Once that Medical Mart was paid for, we should have ended that tax and brought it back down to a seven and three quarter instead of now it's eight percent. But it still continues. There was no restriction when it was passed by the commissioners that it had to end, so it hasn't. How many dollars does that quarter percent bring in per year? It's about 200, let's see, I had that here. Uh, Health, let's see. It's about sixty million a year, and we already have about four. So it's about a hundred million in that account. Is that some carryover money from prior yes. years? Mm-hmm. And uh, that that money is no longer uh, earmarked or anything. It's no well. It's uh, I mean, I think county council members want to use that money for capital improvements, mm-hmm. but there's no restrictions that we have to. So you know, we just have to. It's just one of those responsibilities that we have to make sure that we ask how that money's being spent, what the balances are, and that it's used for capital improvement. Do, do we have any uh, carryover dollars from any of the accounts, or do we live with the old phrase, use it or lose it? Um, there is carryover. We try mm-hmm. to keep a balance in there. There's about a, uh, that $500 million that I mentioned earlier. We have about a 350 to 380 so we have a carryover that gets us to $500 million. So yes, there usually is a carryover. So it sounds like we're in pretty good shape. We're in good. We're in okay shape. Mm-hmm. Um, the health and human services is really where we're um, feeling the, the the pinch that that is depleting and is supposed to be depleting. That's the way it was designed, and then you go back to the taxpayer and, and ask to have it replenished. So on that level, mm-hmm. health and human services is what we're really. You mentioned doing. health and human services. That's a separate budget. What's that total out per year? That's two hundred million right now, that we need to keep in that fund in order to, uh, to maintain the services for disabilities, mental illness, uh, many of the services that those in Cuyahoga County need and depend on us to provide. 
Is gambling bringing in enough money or any money? Are, yes. Are that the, coming, um, casinos? It's funny how I began at the Ohio House, and then at that time the casinos were then regulated to, be, to come to Cuyahoga County, which is we have one in uh, the Jack. And there is a casino revenue fund that we use for community projects that I was able to actually get some of those dollars to the Bradstreet Landing in Rocky River to revamp that. So, yes, casino dollars are there, and they're there for, um, for purposes like that. Well, it's good uh, to hear at least things are going well in the financial side of uh, the house here, and uh, even with casinos, that's generating dollars. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're talking tonight to Nan Baker. She's a council representative here in Cuyahoga County. And uh, we're taking a look at uh, what's going on with the county, what's going on with our hundreds of millions of dollars here. That uh, It's a good time to hear about what's going on. We'll take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK. The answer will be back after these words. Don't go away. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents... Hi, I'm Kat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips again with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking to Cuyahoga County Council Person Nan Baker, and we're talking about uh, all the money that's coming in and going out here at the county. Uh, but all things are not peaches and cream here. <laughs> uh, now in this, uh, this part of the interview, we're going right. to talk about the hard stuff. And uh, let, let me start with the... Um, Issues that we talked about last time, and it's been in the newspaper, the sheriff's department and the county jail and, uh, and litigation, problems, claims, right. uninsured Right, well, you know, anyone, anyone who's been following um, has, I mean, the one thing about the plane dealer, it has um, sold a lot of papers mm-hmm. in order to keep up the news with what's going on there at the jail. And our sheriff um, recently resigned. Uh, or retired, either way. Semantics. Um, yes, and we are in the we're at a we're in a search for a new sheriff. Uh, we do. I have to say, we um, I think this, the jails are improving. They have to improve. They were um, not in good shape at one time. Um, the U.S. Marshals came and 
uh, investigated and found that they were the conditions were just uh, just terrible. And to, to us, Layman, what what kind of problems did we have at the jail, and hopefully we're getting taken care of? Right. Well, what, what would we recognize as being bad? Well, you know, the logistically there um, it was unclean. It was unclean. Mm. Um, the food was um, poorly served and cooked. Um, a lot of the, the, the were, were overcrowded. It's supposed to be a jail to support 1,700 inmates, and we were up to like 22 or 2,300, which then caused red zoning. Which these are all terms that we've. Li- what does red zoning? Red mean? zoning means that they don't have enough beds for everyone, mm-hmm. so they have to put them into one place so they can keep an eye on all the inmates at one time. And when you do that, the it was discovered that they were there too long, more than a day, sometimes more than a week. Um, the conditions were poor. Uh, the correction officers uh, were trained well. We were under-trained or undermanned. How, how long did it take to get into this condition? Uh, no. were, were we at one time when we had an elected sheriff? Uh, weren't we on top of things a bit better when you had a sheriff who was well, elected? Well, Sheriff McFall was there before. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, didn't leave under the best cir- circumstances. Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, you know, things don't happen overnight. This this had to be going on for a while. It was brought to our attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the major factors, it's after we have now lived through this, was the overcrowded of the jails, forcing the red zoning, poor management by our correction officers. Now we have, uh, you know, a few that are indicted, um, some have already had their court date. We have well, what are they indicted for? That's criminal behavior. It what, is. What well, kind of criminal behavior had our yeah. people in the sheriff's department been accused of? Uh, mishandling the inmates. Um, assaulting. Assaulting, uh, mm-hmm. drug dealing, uh, drug smuggling. Um, These are people employed by the sheriff's department actually smuggling drugs into prisoners. They are. That is what the accusations are. Yes. And, uh, of course... We've had uh, nine deaths in the last uh, year. Now, that uh, is way beyond concerning. D- how does someone die while they're in the jail? Natural causes, or are they murdered, or um, something in between? Right. Well, there's a uh, drug overdose. Mm-hmm. How do they get the drugs? Uh, suicides. And now we've, you know, gone through the motions of uh, making sure that those that, uh, through intake, when they're first brought to the jails, go through some um, counseling so that it's determined whether or not they should even be incarcerated. Those that are incarcerated, many of them haven't even had their judgment day. They're waiting for their court date, so they're not even, they've only been accused and not uh, brought to trial. Um, there's just, the the list is uh, is overwhelming. It's just is there civil litigation pending now against the county? Yes, we've had um, many of our directors um, indicted. Even mm-hmm. in our IT department, we have a couple of indictments there of um, contracts looking like they perhaps could have been. No one's been found guilty yet, but uh, accused of uh, mishandling contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, All these accusations. Well, I don't want to get into any uh, the merits of any of these cases because yes, until these pending. cases go through the judicial process, uh, right. that's when we finally drill down into get the details as to what's going on. Right. But uh, these kinds of situations, is, we can talk about insurance. Does the county have insurance for these kinds of things? It, it does not. So we're looking now, you know, we don't really know what that final number is going to be. Of but course. We've all been prepared for about a 50 to $80 million price tag. Um, much of what uh, is going on at the jails mm-hmm. can't be defended. Um, we have a U.S. Marshal report that uh, has really given us a very poor picture of what they found. So we're settling out of court for most cases, and um, hopefully we will recover and uh, understand what our pitfalls were. And well, where does this money come from? We, we talked in the last part of the interview right. about yeah. 
having a, a nice, uh, cozy budget here. Right. It's, you know, there's only, I, you know, no matter what we spend in government, the only place money comes mm-hmm. is from the taxpayer. So it, it doesn't really matter whether it's bridge and roads or whether it's education or whether it's incarceration. It all has to come from the taxpayer, and this is no different. Uh, whether we decide to, you know, do this through a bond and take it over time, those are all considerations that we have not yet been able to uh, well, at the, deliberate. At the present time, the jail situation is going to be controlled by an, an appointed sheriff, and the selection process, search process is going on. Uh, what is the county looking for and someone to be sheriff? Well, we have, um, the county council has uh, raised the bar of what, the sheriff needs to have in his qualifications. So that was, you know, important to us that if we're going to go out and search, that that person have the uh, the background and understanding of what it takes to be a sheriff. So that uh, that was an important piece. Uh, we um, have narrowed it uh, to Cuyahoga County, so it'll be someone who is from the county that has an understanding of the county. Um, to hopefully step up and. I mean, you have to hire somebody from within here in the county. You can't within go within all of Cuyahoga County. It can come mm-hmm. from any city in Cuyahoga County. It could be a sheriff in another, in uh, another city. Um, anyone who has the, the background and the, the ability to. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was an elected sheriff, that would be the qualifications because you could only mm-hmm. be elected if you were from the county. But what if? What if there was an applicant who definitely was interested in taking over this size uh, of a sheriff's department and say they're from Springfield, Illinois or something? Right. Would you, you not be able to consider that person? At this time, no. No. It was deliberated, um, but... Is that a matter of statute or uh, ordinance by the it council? It is by, by ordinance, and so could we could have it. changed that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it, it was determined that we would keep it as it is and look for someone within the county. Are they actually interviewing people now? They are. Oh, good. So it's an active process. Yep. Oh, yes. Everything <laughs> right now mm-hmm. is on a, I mean, we're on the backside mm-hmm. of all, I don't think there's anything, any other surprises out there. I think we have seen the worst and we are building. Right now, the, the jail is around 1,800 mm-hmm. and we're trying to read the, ju- the judges to play a role in this that they uh, try not to incarcerate those that are not um, criminally uh, and waiting for their trial, haven't even been, haven't been convicted, that they wear a, um, a device that keeps them local, that they have to show up for their court date, but they don't have to be incarcerated because they can't afford the bail. Those are the type of improvements that uh, our judges are united in trying to, uh, to work on and should have been working on really over the years. But those are the kind of improvements that um, need to happen in order to get the number down so mm-hmm, that we can mm-hmm. take manageable control of that. Have, have we seen a drop in the number of complaints from uh, prisoners uh, who are being injured or assaulted oh, or overdosing? yes. Well, that's good. It's And Metro Health has stepped in, mm-hmm. and they are now the uh, authority in making sure that they interview those that come in to make sure that... Uh, if there's any mental issues that they're taking care of and not just incarcerated, a lot of improvements have happened. It's uh, it's just a building blocks of improvement. It'll take time. Well, a positive trend is always important to have. Yeah. Uh, in in our last uh, couple of minutes here, tell us something good. What's That's coming in the future good. here with the yeah. county? <laughs> any projects that are going to well, uh, one, make the news know, here in a bit? I, I'm a glad way. to say that um, you know during my time here. Uh, I was able to pass a piece of legislation, mm-hmm. which doesn't usually happen in, Cal- in Cuyahoga County as council. Usually it comes from the executive. Once in a while, the county council members will create their own legislation. And so from my background with the Ohio House, uh, I felt there was a need that when our inspector general has a concern of waste, fraud, or abuse, that he gets the answers he needs. And there was some question at the time whether or not we were overstepping our authority when we wanted that inspector general to get the answers. And the executive thought we were also uh, overstepping our role, and we worked through that, and uh, we were able to get that legislation passed. 
so that when the inspector general has any waste, fraud, or abuse suspicions, that he not only gets the answers, he gets them in a timely way, and he gets the results of what's going to happen to make the corrections. And that all came through legislation that uh, I was able to get passed through my county council members. It took about three or four months of deliberation of where do we start and end and where does the executive start and end. Oh, very good. Oh, very so there's good. a piece of good news. That's good news, and yes. we do need that to maintain the credibility of, uh, of what we're doing here at the county level. Thank you, Nan Baker. Thank you so much for You're joining You're welcome. Us. I'll be back again. We're going to be back after these words. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. On The Answer, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about diabetes, uh, and, and we talk about diabetes from time to time on this program because it's such a persistent problem, a health problem in this country that uh, afflicts uh, so many people. I'm sure we all know people, especially as they get older, develop type 2 diabetes and uh, are, are probably wondering, what does that mean? What can they do? Well, tonight we have Dr. Kent Sassy, who is a national expert on the issue of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and is uh, joining us tonight to talk about uh, the, the nature of diabetes and what can be done about it. And uh, is it reversible, I think is the big question. Dr. Sassy, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, where are you calling from tonight? Uh, Reno, Nevada. I'm uh, faculty here at the University of Nevada School of Medicine and right here in Reno where it's just starting to turn fall. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, well, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your your training and your area of specialization. Well, I trained uh, in uh, San Francisco at the School of Medicine and then went into general surgery and found myself curiously uh, seeing 
people battling not just type 2 diabetes, but obesity. And so my training went on to include what's called metabolic surgery nowadays, which is um, kind of an overlap of weight loss surgery, but is really aimed at creating a reversal or improvement in, in type 2 diabetes. And so that's what I've focused my career on now for these last, uh, oh, 25 years. For people who've heard of diabetes, and I, I think we all have, uh, and we hear of type 1, type 2, what is the difference? Well, today, about 95% of diabetes is type 2 diabetes, and that's really the one we're talking about the most uh, in our field. Uh, type 1 diabetes, what we used to refer to as juvenile diabetes, has to do with uh, a more congenital problem with secretion of insulin from the pancreas that's, that's uh, faulty for a number of reasons. Um, and while that is, of course, uh, a very serious problem and deserves all of our attention, uh, about 95% of diabetes today is uh, type 2, which, as you said, is something that we tend to get as we age. Uh, it does have a genetic component as well, but importantly, it has a big component and influence from our weight. So obesity is a big driver of type 2 diabetes. Now, when we talk about obesity, uh, what, what happens when we start getting overweight and uh, it seems like over half the the uh, population is overweight by the uh, by the standards that are set out there, and right. uh, what what comes to mind also is the term pre-diabetes. Uh, as it's a process, right. as you're aging and gaining weight, uh, does everyone pass through a pre-diabetic state, and and what is that? Yeah, we think so. We think it's a gradual progression, and uh, it's true that this is quite a widespread problem, as you uh, mentioned in the introduction. Um, we know that about 30 million Americans already have full-blown type 2 diabetes, uh, which is just an astronomical number compared to decades past. But there's another 84 million of us who have pre-diabetes. So we're talking about a substantial part of the adult population. And as we age, we think there are a number of mechanisms, but the kind of primary umbrella mechanism is that our tissues and our cells uh, become resistant to our body's circulating insulin. And so as a result, our body doesn't quite know how to use the glucose, the blood sugar, and get it into our cells and put it to work. And instead, it floats out there in the bloodstream, and we have elevated blood sugars which causes a lot of damage, it turns out. That leads to all kinds of problems with a bunch of important organs in the body, our retinas, eyes, our toes, and uh, kidneys, and heart. So uh, it creates this very severe, but kind of silent uh, progression towards some, towards some bad health problems. When you mention insulin resistance, uh, I, I'm assuming that most people will continue to have insulin production being done normally by the pancreas, but uh, what what makes the resistance? Right. Um, well, it's right that most people with type 2 diabetes do continue to uh, make pretty normal amounts of insulin, although we're understanding more and more um, in recent years that there are quite a few subtypes of type 2 diabetes, and there are some who over time also lose the ability to produce insulin properly. Um, but by and large, what you said is, is what we think is correct. And um, there are believed to be a number of different mechanisms by which insulin resistance uh, forms. And uh, that's an area of uh, scientific study that um, is somewhere where we really need to develop some breakthroughs because a lot of people think that uh, it's kind of at that cellular level, at the heart of it, where we can look at transport proteins and a number of the uh, genetic uh, influences on the different kinds of proteins in the cell um, that might lead to some breakthroughs in the future for, for type 2 diabetes. Well, what are some of the signs and symptoms of prediabetes that uh, someone might uh, want to recognize and, and then take some steps for before it, it starts turning into full-blown diabetes or di uh, type 2 diabetes uh, requiring insulin injections and all of that? Right. Well, uh, I guess the, the biggest message is that there generally are not symptoms. So uh, well, part of great. the <laughs> problem of getting the word out is that most people uh, feel just fine. <laughs> and, Wonderful. Uh, 
you know, don't re- recognize that something is starting to go awry with the metabolism. Um, but it, it's a it's it's a surefire sign that you're at risk for it if if you're carrying around significant extra pounds, and you know more and more of us are battling extra weight, and while that is you know inconvenient and we can have some achy knees and feet and back and so forth most of us kind of feel like we're doing okay uh but it's really uh under the under the radar that silently we're we're developing prediabetes and so it's recommended that people get a a simple blood test to test for that it's called the hemoglobin a1c and it is a, a very good marker it's a very good accurate test and it'll tell us whether we are in a safe zone or whether we have pre-diabetes or whether we've already progressed to type 2 diabetes. Now, we're all habits of numbers, uh, like most of us are, who are watching our health know about our cholesterol rates and uh, our uh, body mass index and all of these things. Uh, with regard to A1C, what what is sort of the ranges? What What is normal? What is the pre-diabetic range and where is frank type 2 diabetes? Uh, well, it's recorded as a percentage, so uh, it, what it is referring to is the percentage of our hemoglobin molecules, so these uh, important proteins that are on our red blood cells, how much, what percent of them have um, blood sugars that have gotten attached to them, kind of like barnacles, they've sort of glommed onto these proteins. And so anything under 5.7% is considered a healthy range and non-diabetic. But anything over 5.7% is pre-diabetic, and once you cross over 6.3%, then that is type 2 diabetes. Uh, so those are super helpful numbers, um, and we use them all the time, uh, screening for uh, people, and then also following it over time as they embark on treatment. Now, from what I understand of A1C testing, it's something that you can't skip a candy bar the morning of the blood test and think you'll lower your A1C. Is that uh, based on a longer term of, uh, I guess, status or situation with regard to how much glucose is in the blood? Yes, you've got it exactly right. Um, If you skip the candy bar, that will affect that day's blood sugar, so the serum glucose would be lower. Uh, but it's not going to affect the hemoglobin A1C, which we think of as more of a snapshot over the last, oh, three months or so. Uh, and so that's why we think it's such an accurate uh, measurement. Um, so it's quite useful, and uh, there have been uh, large uh, studies that have validated its helpfulness at predicting um, the course of diabetes. Well, we're going to take a short break uh, in a moment. We're talking to Dr. Kent Sassy from Reno, Nevada, a medical doctor who focuses on type 2 diabetes. And we're going to talk about the connection with weight and what can be done about it and whether or not diabetes is uh, likely to be reversible or not. And if so, what do you need to do about it and how weight management uh, and weight surgery can have something to do with that. So. Uh, Again, we're enjoying talking to Dr. Sassy. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Uh, We're talking about type 2 diabetes and uh, how to not just live with it, but how to get rid of it. And uh, to tell us the details of that, we have Dr. Kent Sassy, who is an expert medical doctor on the issue of diabetes. Dr. Sassy, thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, What I just mentioned is is type 2 diabetes something that... uh, can be reversed and uh, eradicated out of your life? And if so, how do you do that? It really is. Uh, You know, it used to not be much of the conversation uh, historically uh, in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Uh, We kind of accepted it as something that had come along and was a product of age and, and weight and genetics. And once it came on, you sort of had to uh, do a few things to treat it and then find ways to reduce the risks from it. But we didn't talk much about actually reversing it or curing it. Uh, but that all changed when metabolic surgery came along. And uh, what began as an effort to uh, create weight loss surprisingly started resulting in the complete reversal of type 2 diabetes. Uh, curiously, it would happen sometimes within just a few days uh, of the surgery taking place. And so we started to see papers in the scientific literature kind of puzzling over why this was happening. Uh, but gradually over time, we've, we've learned more and more about it. And it's, uh, it's led to some real uh, keys about how to actually reverse diabetes and not simply treat it. Well, well let's talk about the whys. Uh, you, you mentioned metabolic surgery and how you could see results within days of the surgery. Now, from from what I've heard and read about diabetes is that when we talk about insulin resistance, many times it's related to uh, having excess fat uh, in the body, and you have the insulin resistance going on somehow associated with large quantities of body fat. Uh, if you have surgery, you're not going to lose the fat immediately unless you're, you're removing fat. Uh, what, what actually is the surgery you're talking about? 
you've hit on the million-dollar question. So the short answer is that we don't fully know. Um, the longer answer is that we've identified quite a few mechanisms, but none of them quite seems to be the, the full explanation for what happens. Um, but what we think uh, happens is that immediately after the surgery, um, which, by the way, today there are a couple of them, and they, they really are sort of a 45-minute laparoscopy procedure, uh, and we can touch on that later, but they have a safety profile that is just strikingly safer and lower than almost everything else we're doing nowadays in surgery. But in any case, uh, a subset of people have this immediate reversal of the type 2 diabetes by a hormonal mechanism. Um, and while we've got some indication that uh, some important hormones make a dramatic shift right away after the surgery, uh, we don't yet know which one is really the kind of the key to creating the diabetes reversal. Hmm. And that's a subset, and that might be, oh, 25% of people. The rest uh, are what we refer to as weight-dependent mechanisms. And so that's a little bit more like what you said, that as time goes by, we lose weight, we, we burn off fat, and, and the fat itself melts away, pounds go away, and the blood sugar tracks this weight loss over time so that gradually over the next six months, people uh, fall to normal blood sugars once again, and so it's kind of a slower reversal. Is that so it's just, a combination of mechanisms. Is the uh, reversion back to normal blood sugars, is that merely because of the reduction in body fat, uh, or is there some other mechanism that's uh, an adjunct to that? Hmm. Um, I'm not sure we know the answer to that. There are uh, some clues in body fat because the fat cells themselves produce hormones that we think are associated with uh, insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, um, but there may be something about body weight in other ways that's not strictly fat. So I'm not sure we have the answer to that quite yet. Uh, what increasingly I think we're seeing is that uh, type 2 diabetes uh, is a complicated process and there may be a whole bunch of different mechanisms by which it comes on and by which it is resolving after after this uh, uh, peculiar surgery that, that takes place. Now tell us about the surgery uh, because uh, you know, I'm intrigued by you mentioning that immediately or shortly after the surgery there is diabetic changes for the good. And uh, right. so it, it sounds like something more is happening than just restricting the consumption of food. That's absolutely right, yes. You know, when um, surgeons before me uh, were seeing diabetes reversal um, and they were starting to tell colleagues about it, uh, generally everyone thought, well, this must just be because we've, you know, done something at the stomach that's kind of like wiring our jaw shut, you know. We cut down on calories and therefore your energy intake is lower, blood sugar's lower, and with time, weight loss leads to improved blood sugar. But really, um, the effects start immediately. So in our practice, somewhere in the range of 20 or 25% of people who walk into the hospital with type 2 diabetes actually walk out with normal blood sugars and they're not on medication. So it's incredibly uh, striking. And that is uh, in large part due to this abrupt change in the body chemistry uh, we think it's hormonally mediated, meaning that the stomach tissues themselves, uh, by altering them, they seem to alter the hormone profile in the bloodstream, and you have this kind of reset of blood sugar and body weight, and, and it seems to reverse some of the insulin resistance right away. But for other people, for 75% of people, it's a much more gradual process. So uh, for reasons we don't yet know, they don't experience that same abrupt change uh, but with time and with weight loss, the blood sugar starts to normalize. You know, in your materials, uh, you, you raise another issue uh, that uh, caught my attention, and is that uh, the alternative to the weight reduction—excuse <laughs> me, weight reduction issue—is uh, basically relying on pharmaceutical uh, pharmaceutical heavy approaches to treating 
diabetes and prediabetes. And you mentioned it's a recipe for disaster. And I, I think of the sort of the classic uh, drug, metformin. Uh, what, what does that do, and, and is that dangerous? And if so, why? Um, well, you, you've probably picked uh, my favorite of the drugs. Now, and I, before I <laughs> condemn yeah. the, the shots and pills, which I, I am apt to do a little bit, uh, I should say that uh, metformin has proven to be a pretty darn helpful drug. Um, and it seems to act in a couple of different ways, but one way is by boosting our natural insulin production. Um, and it seems to have some real positive effects uh, not just reducing the blood sugar numbers, but it may reduce the the uh, damage that's being done uh, by those blood sugar molecules glomming onto other important proteins. Um, so, uh, you know, it has it really it takes a combination uh, of approaches to treat diabetes. And another thing I'll say is that the uh, diabetologists and, and endocrinologists have actually made some good strides in. Uh, improving diabetes care, but overall, the really the big the big problem is that here we have tens of millions of people who are uh, suffering with this problem, and the the medication approach mostly does not stop the silent, deadly progression of the disease. This is the real uh, this is the problem that really uh, gets us frustrated. Is that there are um, now 12 randomized controlled trials examining metabolic surgery directly compared to intensive medical management of type 2 diabetes. And it is as proven as anything in medicine that the metabolic surgery is far more effective. And then right from, right from Cleveland and the Cleveland Clinic, you have some excellent research showing that the metabolic surgery really does reduce those health consequences that come down the road. You have less heart attacks, you have less deaths, less kidney failure, all no. the really meaningful things that keep people from spending time with their grandkids. Well, and, yeah, very, and that sort of thing. Very good. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Dr. Sassy for joining us tonight. If you would like to read more about this, you can uh, look uh, for Dr. Sassy's book called The Type 2 Diabetic Cure, Diabetes Cure because um, I, I think it uh, affects everybody we know, and we, ha we should do that. Dr. Sassy, thank you for your time tonight. Oh, thank you so much. My, my pleasure, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.